Welcome to Financial Solutions with Dr. Nicole. Financial solutions for what your everyday issues may or may not be. You're going to tell me all of the issues that you may have, and we're going to write a prescription just for you. The doctor's session is in order. Grace and peace. Welcome to Financial Solutions with yours truly, Dr. Nicole. It is so exciting to be here today. As we have gone through Financial Solutions, I have been sharing a little bit about myself. And so today I want to share something with you that I revealed last week as we dealt with taxes. I am a pastor. I am a pastor of what is considered a non-denominational independent congregation. And so there are some unique issues that arise financially when you take on the role and responsibilities of being an independent congregation. I have a young lady who has walked into the footsteps of the call to pastor it as well today. So you're going to be in for a treat because even though you're answering the call of the Lord, you still have a responsibility to ensure that you're leading your congregation in the right direction financially. So today we have Pastor-elect Tasha Robinson. She is the visionary of Remnant Church of Life in New York City. And so I am so excited, so pleased, one, to see that she honored the call of the Lord on her life, but two, to have an opportunity to shape her financial solutions before they even really get started. Welcome to Financial Solutions with Dr. Nicole. How are you, Pastor Robinson? Good afternoon. I am well. How are you? <laughs> I am wonderful. I'm so excited about what the Lord is doing in your life. So I want to just kind of start there. Please share with us uh, your journey to becoming a pastor of an independent church start, an initial congregation. Okay, so the journey began... Um, without giving away my age. <laughs> so the journey began um, uh, a while ago. Um, been in ministry for, I guess now, about 20 years. And so um, was I was ordained as an evangelist in my prior church, in the prior um, reformation that I was in, and had been doing that work and doing it happily, evangelizing, um, you know, bringing people into the fold, as we would say. And um, then as uh, things progressed and moving, and I moved from that reformation and just kept, continued to evangelize and felt the call or got the call to, um, to the pastorate. And I want to say reluctantly, <laughs> I did answer. And so we are here today. And basically um, the congregation right now is, we're a small congregation. We're a church, what's considered a church plant. We just started out this year. Um, but, you know, we are looking forward to what God is going to do. And um, I've just been blessed so far to have few faithful few the faithful few that have been with me even um as we were evangelizing and even in the nonprofit sector working with young women um in that arena as well so it's just been a great I want to say a challenging but fulfilling journey and so now that the level of responsibility has been stepped up um, I want to definitely make sure that I'm doing this job or this role or fulfilling this call in a very responsible way. So that's what brought me here. 
And I am so excited that you reached out. I thought it was, um, you know, absolutely amazing because uh, when we look at scripture and I like to use John three and two, uh, you know, that um, really indicates, I wish above all things that you will prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. That call to the pastorate is that soul prospering. But when you can focus on from the beginning, from the church plant in the prosper and be in good health part, I, I want to commend you because I think you're doing something that many other pastors should really consider once they take the helm of leading uh, sheep into the knowledge of who God is. So I want to go there first. What made you say, I want to make sure this congregation starts off on the right financial footing? Um, well, I guess it may be twofold. The first one is that there are a lot of young people that are, are in the congregation right now. Like I said, we, we want to... Um, make sure that we give them the tools, right? So to be able to, as, as the word says, to prosper. And so because they're young and because we're um, in a sense non-traditional, I wanna make sure that we um, stick to doing the things that will allow us to be good stewards, not only just in the church, but you know, giving them the tools that they need to be good stewards over their own households as well, because a lot of them are young families. They're just like basically, you know, starting out um, young children, um, single moms. And so it, it being in, in the role of a leader, it's like, okay, let me make sure that we are building a groundwork that's going to have these families be established the way they need to be established, not only spiritually, which is of utmost importance, but practically as well. That always leads me to a question because I, I don't know if shepherds often identify the correlation between someone's financial status and their willingness to serve wholeheartedly in the church. It is like one of the biggest challenges that comes up and that hinders individuals from wanting to serve with their whole hearts to the fact that you're addressing this head on at the beginning of um, this charge that you have is commendable. What would you want uh, you know, your young people and other congregants to recognize um, that you're standing for as a financial creed in your particular congregation? Like, are you, um, just to give you an example, is it a tithe paying church or is it a cheerful giving church? Is it consistent? What do you want them to know about their relationship with money and the relationship that they have with money to the church? So um, right, at, right now, it is, if I had to put a, a title on it, I would say it's a cheerful giving church. Um, but again, we're at the beginning. So we're learning the lesson about the importance of tithing and how that helps us to be able to, because the church uh, really, Remnant Church is really built on service to the community as well. And so, like I said, my background is heavy in, in evangelism. We have been doing that work and we don't wanna stray from it. And so exactly what you said, in order to be in the best place financially, to be able to what we want to do with our heart, which is to be able to impact the community like physically in tangible ways where there may be a single mom that can't pay a bill. And we want to be in a position as a church to say, let's come together and be able to, that's the heart of not just me, but the heart of the people. 
but at the same time, because I have a lot of single moms and because they're young families, they, they too are struggling. So I want to move us from being in that position of struggling financially on a personal level to getting our um, assets to match our heart, if I could say it in, in that a That is an way. excellent point. So I have to ask the hard questions now. Here we go. Uh, the first thing that I do want to ask is, have you taken into consideration a church financial budget, understanding and allowing the congregants to, to know what the expenses are relative to running this particular ministry effectively? Um. Not, not the way I should, if I'm being honest. Um, not to say I've I've shared it with my administrator and the, um and my you know the finance the person who's helping me you know keep everything together. I've shared like this is what goes out, this is what's coming in, and it's not matching matchy. So we need to kind of um get it together, and so that yeah. So we definitely need to do a better job. I mean that's just where it's at. So is the shepherd paying themselves as well? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I know, I, you know, nope. I ask that because sometimes people don't understand the role and responsibility that, you know, that a laborer is indeed worthy of their hire and the spiritual component that you're giving congregation an opportunity to be blessed because they're sowing into the person that is advocating on their own behalf and you know on their behalf as congregants overall uh so so that's one of the reasons why i asked my last question is and it, it's it's a simple question you know um have you tangibly identified how it is that you acquire the resources necessary to meet the needs of the community. Have you put into consideration those thoughts? Um, well, I, I have to say like I've considered like grants and certain things, um, I don't, you know, like it, the resource piece of it is still what I'm trying to learn like where we get the resources and how we build up a strong, like I said, foundation so that we're able to do that. Right now, it's really just been out of pocket. Just That's just what we've been doing. Wonderful. Listen, I want to say thank you first and foremost for um, not only answering the call, I think that that's so important. And anytime there's a new person that goes into the labor field, uh, that's less work for me to do as a pastor. <laughs> Yes. You know, so I want to say that first, but I'm ready to write a prescription for you that I think you will find to be extremely helpful based off of what your heart is, um, your heart's desire is to do. And also, I think it will be not only helpful for the congregants to find themselves being fruitful, but also being capable of giving uh, overall. So the first thing that you want to do is you want to write out a vision that um, has an economic piece attached to it. So you've already identified that you are a service congregation. Those that are, even with your remnant, the core, those individuals, they recognize that this has been who it is that you were before. And now that you're in the ministry uh, overall doing this as the remnant church of life, you want to make sure that they understand we still intend to serve in this capacity. And this is how much it has cost us because there needs to be an economic attachment 
to what it is. And that only comes from you as the shepherd. So the first thing that you need to do is write out the, the financial vision or the vision of your service and what it costs financially. The second thing that you need to do, especially because you have young people, you need to take them on an exercise of how to manage their own households financially. Oftentimes shepherds will bring someone in, uh, you are a part of today, the D-Free program, um, you know, or the broadcast that is a part of the D-Free program, finding a program that is suitable or someone that will come in and educate, to educate not only your young people, but really someone that can identify where it is that we're standing individually and where it is that we want to be from a congregational perspective will be helpful in the very beginning of a congregation stages, their early life, education is critical. And then individuals will begin to apply what it is that they have been educated on. I advocate the work that Dr. Soris has done, you know, with the D-Free model, you will find that to be helpful. And you happen to know a certified financial planner as well, who is also helpful in doing that. But it will help not only your young people and get their individual lives in order, but it will help them to streamline how they can serve financially as well, which means you need a budget for the congregation. Yes. And the, and the congregation should be aware of what the church budget is. And the budget should include at least some level of a stipend for the pastor or the shepherd. I don't care if they start off with $50 or $100 a month. They must understand the spiritual component of sowing into your life as you are sowing into theirs. And listen, apple seeds yield apples, orange seeds yield oranges. And so the seed of finances yields a financial seed. A seed can only produce its own kind. And so understand when they sow into you financially, they ought to stand in expectation of a financial harvest. And so doing that, ensuring that there is in the budget a, a, a salary equivalent that is allocated for you is critical. And so it's very important that you make sure that you do that. The last thing that I would suggest that you do is that you learn how to partner. You learn how to partner with entities and organizations that may be able to alleviate some of the financial costs relative to what it is you wanna do. For example, mm -hmm. many churches have food pantries. If this has been something that you have, um, you know, you've done over the community, you may be able to partner with, uh, you know, local food banks and things of that nature, and they provide you with that, and you become the conduit. But the resources are provided from someone else, and so any opportunity that you have to establish um, connections and communications with other individuals, you ought to be able to do that. You will find that it is beneficial, not only for you and for the congregation. The last thing that I will tell you is lead by example. You know, when your congregation sees uh, that you have financial integrity, and that you are a good steward over your resources, then they too follow the suit of their shepherd. Sheep smell like their shepherd. And so when they see that their shepherd is making wise decisions regarding finances, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, they want to aspire to walk in the shoes. And scripture tells us, follow me as I follow Christ. And I wanna give you one bonus that I think is very important. 
again, I identified with um, educating and letting them know what is critical, but be very clear about, you know, the type of church that you are. And so as a pastor, one of the things that I took the time out to do was teach on, you know, I did a Bible study series called Faith and Finances. I taught about tithes. I taught about consistent giving. I taught about cheerful giving and have identified at Micah 7 Ministries that we are a tithe paying church, but I surely would appreciate consistent giving and that that is acceptable according to the principles that are housed in the New Testament. You have got to feel comfortable with what it is that you're identifying as you are the shepherd of that particular house. And if it's going to be cheerful giving, understand that. If it's going to be consistent giving and there is a distinction, identify that. If you want them to aspire to be tithers, identify that. All of those are important. And I'm telling you, I have seen individuals that have come from consistent giving to tithe payers. And so it's a beautiful evolution of your congregation. And the fact that you're looking to do this while your congregants are in an early stage, to God be all the glory. And so keep in mind that scripture. I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. You would definitely be living out the principle of John 3 and 2. Now, do you have any questions for the financial doctor? <laughs> um, actually, you answered pretty much everything. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that was really good, especially um, the part about leading by example and um, also just teaching, you know, teaching at the beginning, like this stage being the, the perfect stage in infancy to because what I have explained to that core group is that when new people begin to come they're going to do what they see us do so if we're you know gossiping and backbiting they're going to follow suit or leave you know so if we're not giving they're going to do the same it's like what they see as the foundation that we lay from now on is what they're going to follow. So we want to start out following what the word says we ought to follow and being good examples for the new members that come in, because basically all we're doing is just making disciples and making disciples and making disciples. So in that vein, we want to do a good job of, of what God has commissioned us to do. <laughs> Well, I think you're well on your way. And so I want to one say thank you, Pastor Arm Robinson. She is the pastor elect of Remnant Church of Life. And your actual installation, because I'm going to make this plug, your actual installation is on June 18, 2022. And it is my privilege uh, to be, uh, you know, the one that is delivering the liturgy for that particular day. So I'm excited yes. about what God is doing. And to those of you that are out there that have, um, you know, really identified who is one that needs a financial solution? I really want to encourage you that if you're doing uh, the work of the Lord, if you're a shepherd and you have a group of individuals or you have um, you know, a nonprofit organization or you individually want to get your affairs in order, one of the things with 30 plus years of experience, 20 
as a CFP practitioner, one of the things as a financial doctor, I have a remedy for you. We'll see you next week on Financial Solutions with Dr. Nicole. And if you get a moment and you can hang out with Remnant Church of Life, June 18, 2022 will be the day of her official installations. They're going to do a great work because they understand the principles that at the beginning stages, let's get this financial foundation right. I will see you soon. God bless.